What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm here, as always, Angelo, with Alex. We're going to talk about some fantasy today. So what's going on, Alex? What you got? What is going on, guys? It's hard. Just came out from work, but totally ready for this show. I mean, I have a few topics that have, have popped up during the weeks, during the this week. And there's a few, like, fantasy headlines, plus one very, like, odd result for one of my my leagues and i guess we can start by that because i sent this the screenshot to one of our leagues but it's one of the chats that you rarely see but i had one one league so it's the the streamer league that i've talked to you about it's one of my only uh, money leagues so in this league i managed to get a tie in decimal scoring yeah I tied 107.58 to 107.58. Do you know how, uh, how like, mathematically unlikely that is? How um, improbable that is? Yeah, I figure it's quite unlikely, especially, like, in decimal. I would think it's pretty unlikely. They basically, like, it came down to DK versus Waller for the Monday Night Football. And I was, I was leading... Uh, what? I didn't get you. You had Waller, didn't you? No, no, I had DK. Oh. So I was like after the touchdown and so and so on. I was, I was comfortably ahead. I think I was around like four points ahead or something like that. But then, like in one of the last drives of the game, with I believe it was like five minutes left. I mean, uh, <laughs> Danny Dimes completed one pass for eight yards to Darren Waller, so that's one point eight. And then he completed another pass for eight yards to Waller. So that's a combined 3.6. So I was up by 3.6. And then, yeah, <laughs> Waller tied the game with two garbage time catches, basically. Waller. Pretty wild stuff. Darren Waller. Darren Waller. <laughs> Which, by the way, the Giants offense all night looked bad. It, it did. Looked, it looked bad. I was bad, looking pretty bad. good. He had, he had one catch for, like... What was it? I think it was one catch for five yards before that. So I was I was sitting pretty. I was thinking like DK scored twelve point four. This is PPR. So he scored twelve point four. Waller had one point five. Uh, and then like <laughs> very garbage time stuff. Two passes to him for eight yards, and that's a tie. <laughs> I don't believe there will be any stat corrections to change it. So it's officially, I believe, my first tie ever. Having played like fantasy football for what six years now, six seven years, my first ever tie. That that actually messes up standings really really badly too when you have a tie in it fantasy. Does. <laughs> oh, like man. on on one hand, I'm I, I was kind of pissed because like I was sitting pretty and I thought I had win the week. It's also yeah, it's also a league win which I was like. One and two, so now I'm one, two, and one. I really wanted to to get to five hundred before like the buy is starting to roll. So yeah, not great overall, but probably not the worst outcome. I guess if Waller had like one for nine, I would be I would be even pissed. I would even be more pissed, I guess. So what, losing by zero point one points. Yeah. <laughs> After him doing nothing for the whole whole day, whole night, I guess. 
crazy. Oh, that's that's a new oh, one to me. Imagine that happens. What happens if that happens in the playoffs? I believe like it go. The tiebreakers are usual are either points scored in the season, if not mistaken. Oh. Sometimes it goes to the bench. I actually thought there was no way to have a tie in fantasy football, so I immediately thought that the bench points would be it. But no, apparently not. There are ties in fantasy football. There are ties in yes, yes because there I, are. I remember, I remember back in the. I'm not sure if you if you had so, seen the show, but it's the league. Do you remember that show? No. Okay, so it's a show about fantasy football, and there was like one guy uh, that basically like one of his points were that there were no ties in fantasy football, and that uh, it was a whole episode about it that they should figure out like a way to to have a tiebreaker here. So mm-hmm. I thought there was a way, but apparently not. Apparently ties happen. Yeah, actually, I was talking so. In one of the very few leagues that I that you're not in with me, we had we have kickers, and it's a dynasty league. Okay. And we had this discussion about like because we removed kickers in our in the in our main league, and I had a discussion because I voted for at the time I voted for the kickers to stay, and I told the group at the time I understand like the argument for kickers leaving because a they score so little points comparatively to like each other like your best kicker and your middle of the road kicker the difference in points is probably like five if that two three yeah for the most part and like it's also just like a grimy way to win a game like who no one wants to watch a football game that ends on a field goal. They want to watch a game where it ends on you getting into the red zone. So I understand like the philosophy behind it. And I got this like whole long paragraph about how, you know, kickers matter and they're very skilled. And, you know, I hope you lose games to a kicker. And I was like, my man, they don't even track losing a fantasy game unless it usually starts at around 10 points. Like, the statistical likeliness of you losing a fantasy matchup by five or less points is, like, in the single percents. <laughs> so, 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 what are we talking about here? And now, and now I managed to get a tie, which is even more yeah. important. <laughs> and I believe, like, in our main league, uh, I believe, like, in week three... Yeah, in week three, I lost by 0.3 points. And in week two, I won by 0.1 points. <laughs> so you are the anomaly. I am a statistical anomaly, I guess. You are the anomaly, yes. <laughs> Although I will say, like, because of how long our Dynasty League has gone, I think that, oddly enough, oddly enough, this is, this is just what I've noticed about Dynasty Leagues. At the start, it is very, very easy to accumulate a team that is better than a lot of the rest of the teams. That doesn't necessarily mean you win, but it's easier to accumulate the assets to have an oppressive team. As the years go on, it's a lot harder to maintain that. And as drafts happen and top-end talent is now procured through the draft... 
it becomes a lot more even as you get going along. Because it's, it's hard also, to maintain that. Yeah, and it's also very, like from someone that is usually like always trying to be competitive in every single, I wouldn't say in every single league, but like in the leagues that I care about, I'm always trying to be competitive. I, I tend to avoid any sort of rebuilds. It's also very time consuming because you need to go look for the deals. You can't just sit on your hands and wait for them to come. So That's it's constantly mean. like DMing guys to, to see if players are available, to check on values every mm-hmm. single guy just to know like if if i need to make a trade for a guy that's where it costs there that's where it costs in in set team so yeah it's it's time consuming i can only do it in like two leagues it's our main league and in the nffl and in our main league i've slacked a bit as you've seen like the team is still good but it's not as dominant as before so no i i think the difference between you and the second best team is a lot and i think that might actually be alex miller's team yeah, the the difference between you and the second best team is a lot closer than you probably would like. Although, like the second highest points for team right now is Link, really? which I wouldn't say it's like yeah, that's, that's but surprising. Like, yeah, like like thirty points, I believe. So not much, but it's it's because he has players that are like not super dynasty friendly, but are like producing. They're like James Conner, for example, like. Oh. See, tops is like running back 16 right now. Jerry Andre Swift running back nine. So, yeah, guys that aren't super appealing for fantasy, but they are playing well. So, he's performing. Those are the only four no teams, though. What, you? Alex? No, no, I, I lost a game. Oh, you lost a game? Yeah, I lo- as I was saying, like in week three. I lost by point three. Huh. So yeah. So you're not even the one seed right now. Oh, I'm the third seed if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Surprising mm-hmm. stuff. But that but that's my point. Like as your leagues go on, you get more balance. Like I because I don't know how to how to say this, but Depending on your format, like, you might have to, like, blow it up. Like, in our format, I couldn't just bench all my top-end players and get the 101. You yeah. have to, you actually have to have a crappy team to get the 101. Yeah. So. It's also, like, people, like, know you have a good team and they know you are good. So, they will obviously demand more from you in trades. That's yes. Like for example, in the in the thirty two team league, uh, like the other Alex, the Alex that is also in our sixteen team league, yeah. like whenever I try to deal with him, I always have like an Alex tax. So he always adds like <laughs> <Alex> something. <more. laughs> yeah, that has be, that has become Does annoying. Does that get annoying? It, because it, I know Justin says it a lot too. Well, your team is, has this player, this player, and this player, so you should be paying more. Ah, sort of. I think it's sort of like. As a joke, because it's it's a running gag. It's that's... not a joke, my man. It's no, not a joke. It, it is like it's, a it's running real. gag. It is a running gag that's like, you shouldn't trade with Alex because Alex fleeces you and so on and so forth. It gets like tiresome at some points because like, I always have to pay more than team. Like, for example, right now, uh, Corey right now is 
it's a pretty stellar team. I mean, he has outscored me in like most weeks, I believe, in the NFFL. And, like, he's getting deals that I usually got, basically. He's getting, like, deals that he isn't paying a whole lot. He's paying, like, a fair price to a lower price because folks aren't, like, zeroed in on him. No. Because, like, he has sucked for quite a, quite a few seasons. He has been tanking quite a lot. No. So now he gets better deals, which yeah. means his team is now I wouldn't say it's better, but it's it's closer to mine. You don't want to. It's probably the, the closest team to mine. Yes. Yes, that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's happening here. I mean, this happened in like the sixteen team league for a while. I think no, it's I don't happening. think it's. I think it's... Is it? Because like <laughs> one thing is that it it really shouldn't happen because I never win. So. <laughs> but you're still the. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said to Corey the other day because he was like, "Oh, I, I, this is like the third week in uh, I believe he, he said like three or four weeks he has outscored me." And I was like, "Yeah, but I didn't even win the championship last week, so just compare yourself to the guy who won." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no. it's it's a running gag in a few of our leagues at this but, point. But that you're in a, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to explain this, but you're in an interesting situation where even if you don't win, it feels like you win. Because people just have to look at your team and be like, oh, yeah. That is fair. If yeah, that, that is sense. fair. Yeah, because it's not like there's teams in here that you look at them. And now I'm talking about the, the 32 team more because there's more teams. Yeah. Uh, there's teams in here that you look at them and you know, okay, these teams are clearly better than most of them. But then I'm humble bragging here, of course, but like, not then you look at my team and it's like, Damn, even if the guy doesn't win, he'll probably around for a bit. And like in turn, there's teams in here that you say, yeah, those teams are good, but like there's there's aging players. There's not a lot of depth. There's there's like factors like that that probably like doesn't make you feel like sorry for them, but like it's indifference. You're like you're indifferent towards them. And like in my case, you look at my bench, like my bench probably makes the playoffs in that league. Probably. <laughs> so yeah, I had this argument with Corey about that, and yeah, I think my bench would make the playoffs. So yeah, it's I understand why it is the way that it is. At just at some points, I just wish I didn't have to spend as much on trades, but yeah, it happens. So that is the cost to being dominant. You think that you know. You'd think this doesn't happen in the NFL where a lot of people didn't want to trade with the Patriots because of how dominant they were. There was this whole thing about Bill Belichick wanting to acquire like mid to late round picks. And there was a strategical advantage to that because, you know, you get talent on a four year deal on a cheap contract. But there's another reason he did that because no one else was going to give him the talent. Like, so, so now, now he always also just gets like the former, uh, like DBs that play for them mm-hmm. and were good. And then they side major deals somewhere else. And they obviously sucked because we have known this for a while now. Patriots DBs are only good in new England. So now he's getting like <laughs> his rejects basically coming back and being we- being good for them. So now the the latest addiction is uh, that uh, 
addition is GC GC Jack. Jesus JC Christ, Jackson. it's tough talking right now. Yeah, JC Jackson, mm -hmm. who was just traded for them for like a 2026 or 2025 pick swap. So, yeah. So, you can't do that in Dynasty, though. In Dynasty, there isn't players who only play good for Alex. That's. I mean, that's Chase the, right now is looking like he played much better for me. What's that? Chase right now is looking like he played much better for me than he is for you. Man, I cannot tell you how many freaking leagues the Bengals' offensive woes have cost me. I don't think I don't think I have a winning record in like anyone except one or two. I really don't. What are you doing in like our redraft league? Three and one. Oh, you're three and one, yeah. yeah. But that's you didn't invest in. The, I didn't in the invest Bengals, in the so. Bengals. Yeah. You just invested in the Packers, the pack as we all said. The Packers and the Dolphins. Jordan Love, QB three on the season. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have guessed it? My bold prediction came true, at least so far. But I don't know. I do. I do have like. Regarding like Anthony Richardson right now, because that's one topic that we we disagreed yeah. like during the off season, and he, like he's doing great right now. He's, fantasy, he's not yeah. passing for a lot. Yeah, for fantasy, he's doing great. So I mean, is he like? There's two rookies here that I want to talk about, but he's he like a top three QB right now in Dynasty. No offense, but if you didn't like what Justin Fields did in Chicago last year then you shouldn't be liking what Anthony Richardson is doing right now. Because it's the same thing. It's quit it's essentially I mean, the same thing. I mean the Colts have won two games though. They're five hundred. They are. <laughs> when was the last time that Chicago was five hundred? I mean you're not wrong That's about that. <laughs> but like and uh, they should they should like uh, not that they should, but they had a chance to be three and one. Like if they get the kickoff, I'm pretty sure they they at least score points. So, but is see <laughs> is is Anthony Richardson really doing better than J Justin Fields did last year? Is it just that Anthony Richardson has a better defense behind him right now? I think that like on field, I think Anthony Richardson has looked better. Than Fields ever has before, like the Denver game. Okay. If you take out like the fantasy stuff, like uh, because like when we look at Fields, we have this perception, and I think like most of the love for the guy comes out of that. Otherwise, you you would have been run out of town just by like his play style and like by his play overall. But like I think Richardson has showed more in like the mm. what two games in one quarter that he played. Then Fields had like until Denver. I don't know. To be frank, I think that's a little bit unfair for Fields, but I don't think. Fields oh, speaking of which, I got I got a trade proposal from Patriots guy. Oh, those are always oh, fun. Oh my god! He sent some fun ones. Miles Garrett. <laughs> what did he send? You? First round picks. It just doesn't take my Miles Garrett trade. <laughs> I'm poverty. Uh, I mean, if you want, <laughs> if you want, 
you can trade Miles Garrett to me. What for three first round? Right now, no. (laughs) I've offered them like one first round pick in twenty. It is in twenty twenty six though. I have offered them a twenty twenty four second, a twenty twenty five third, and I've offered them Odell Beckham and Matthew Judon, who's probably going to end up on IR for the season. But yeah, it's a movable asset in the off season though. Hundred percent. I just think it's like shopping around because he really wants two two firsts, but no one is giving him the two ones. Why? There's only one guy that would. Curry wants to give him the two firsts, but Curry can't. But Curry can't. He can't because of of the money. He doesn't have the money until he moves golf, and no one is buying golf. Oh. So yeah, I figured like all of this out, and I'm trying to find a way to get Miles Garrett. There's probably it's, it's tough because honestly, he really there's wants probably to win. a three-team deal that involves me and uh, Corey and that guy because I could probably take Goff's money. I'm guessing a first would have to come my way as compensation for taking the cap hit, and that's that's the issue though. I've talked about I've talked about Goff with Corey. He wants a first. Uh, I've talked about yeah. Wow. He wants a first for Goff. So, yeah. No way, Jose. Not for taking on the cap, no. Like, yeah. if you if you want he, the to take the cap to t- if you want nah, but to he, take on the someone to take on the cap, you have to give them something of value. Jared Goff isn't the thing of value. I'm sorry. Yeah, he wants a first though. He wants a because basically he wants to pay a first for Miles, and that would accomplish it because he moves Goff for a one, and then he moves two ones for Miles. Well, but I, no one is biting. Yeah, exactly. I understand that. But if no one in your league is biting, you got to understand, like, either the, the stars aren't aligned, so either you got to make adjustment in the pricing of golf or you got to <laughs> you got to pay more. And, like, and that's I what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought that he would, like, sell low on golf to make the, the Garrett move happen. And he's not. So I went on, uh, yeah, I went on knocking his door because, like, golf, buying golf low, like, I could buy him, like, for a third. I have the money, probably. And I would be okay with that, even if he got Miles. But yeah, he wants a first for him, so. I'm trying to get Garrett here. And I think, like, the the Patriots guy is close. Like, in, in the price that I send him, I think he's okay with the trade. He really just wants the one. But I think if no one bites for two ones, he will make this trade, so. How is Luke doing in here? Because Luke's first was involved. Luke's three and one, I believe. Okay, and that's fair. I believe he's three and one in both of our leagues. Yeah, he is. Oh, so. uh, But regarding Richardson, is he a top five dynasty QB? Mm, Maybe. Because keep trade cut right now. As um outside of the top five, he has him as the six QB in Dynasty. That's interesting. With Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson ahead of him. Say those names again. So it's Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, and Jackson. No. No. You wouldn't take him over any of them? No. Okay. There's still quarterbacks I'd take him over. Oh, for real? 
Like Burrow, would you still take Burrow? Okay. Yeah. Burrow is, is QB7 here. And granted, I get Burrow is, you know, hurt, so his performance is definitely suffering, but it's still Burrow. Like, they also have Stroud as QB10 right now. See, Stroud, Stroud is actually ahead of Fields. I agree with that. I do as well. Stroud's Should Stroud be ahead of, of Trevor Lawrence, though? That's debatable. I don't think so, no. But I do think Stroud should be ahead of Anthony Richardson. Oh. Yeah. That's a tough one for me because, like, yeah. Like, maybe not. There's a, a reason. So, yeah, go ahead. There's a, there's a two prong way to look at this. If you're looking at from fantasy points perspective, I, absolutely. Anthony Rich, Richardson has the capability of consistently scoring more than CJ Stroud. But I'm looking at more of, am I getting an asset out of it? And to me, C.J. Stroud is the safer asset right now, just based on how they're playing right now. I don't know, man. Uh, probably, but like, he Anthony Richardson isn't playing bad to the point at which I would say like, he isn't safe. Like he's playing and... bad. I think he's not playing as well as CJ Stroud is, and the way he plays makes it makes him more open to being injured. Okay, the injury I get. I was thinking about like bad play, losing job, and then I was going to say like, okay, okay, and I, I was going to say that. Like, That's the, why I have Burrow picks, higher so. than most because Burrow usually, when he's not hurt, has a safer floor because. His passing is more consistent. Yeah. So I do think that Richardson is a top five QB right now, to be honest. Because I, I would take him I would take him ahead of Lamar. I hey, I I can't listen, I understand like rushing yards for especially from quarterbacks is how you win fantasy leagues. So I get the higher rankings. I'm just saying like when you're talking about dynasty, you're looking at a totalitarian thing. It's like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I think you get more years out of someone like Burrow than you will out of someone like Lamar or Anthony Richardson or Justin Fields, if that's your cup of tea. I do I do have one sort of, I don't say sort of, it's an odd take. So, I think that by end of the season, Anthony Richardson will be higher than Jalen Hurts. Then Jalen Hurts? Yeah, in Dynasty rankings. You're crazy. Maybe. But I do think that, like, Richardson... Richardson has an outside shot of surpassing Hurts' value. Like, of surpass, surpassing Hurts in terms of fantasy points scored. I think we're, like, buying into this hype a little bit too much right now. Maybe, but like I mean, the dude has has played in what? He has played in two games in one quarter, and he's QB fifteen. So, like, if if I go and check his like average, pretty sure he's gonna be pretty high. No, if he can maintain, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I do think, like, of course, like the rushing and so on, and. He always has the upside to to score the the touchdowns when it's at the goal line, 
So I think like but, the upside is there. But over Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts literally has an entire offense dedicated to him to get him touchdowns in the red zone, on the ground. Like, are you sure? I'm gonna. I mean, the inventor of the tush push is now with Anthony Richardson, so. I I would have to see it. <laughs> I would have to see this. And and there's like another rookie. Uh, this is becoming like very dynasty centric, but like there's rookies right now. Those are the the odd commodities right now in most of our leagues because most of the leagues that we play in, I believe, are dynasty leagues. Yeah. So is Sam Laporta gonna ha- gonna end the year as tight end one? He might. No, he can't. But he might. He might, but no, he can't. Like, so one of the things you look for in tight ends, because it doesn't happen very often, is a tight end who produces year one. That, like, never happens. So the fact that he's producing the way he is already is a very, very, very good sign. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not. But at the same time, usually these things take years to happen. So... I, I currently, gonna... <laughs> currently, according to Keep Street Cuts, so according to to the Dynasty community, he is tight end four, which is yes, and he's ahead of Kyle Pitts. He's ahead of Kyle. Oh my God! Yes, Kyle Pitts is tanking right now. Kyle Pitts is yesterday's news, my friend. It is, which which is a shame, a shame, uh, Jesus Christ, which is a, cha- a shame because like, dude is really good. <laughs> he just needs to get away <laughs> to find a way out of Atlanta. I told you, I told you going into this year, the Atlanta offense and the assets in the Atlanta off assets in the Atlanta offense were like this thing that looks better than it ever could be. Because of who's the quarterback and how the offense is going to run, I just, I just want them to go to to Heineke finally, please. You want to see Heineke? I want to see Heineke desperately. But here's the thing: I think the first beneficiary, if Atlanta's offense does improve and does become more pass happy, it isn't Kyle Pitts. Do you know who it is? London. It's Drake. It's Drake London. Drake Mm. London, at least last year, was better at getting separation and better at getting targeted by Desmond Ritter, who is the quarterback now, than Kyle Pitts was. I believe... uh, Let me see if I can find that again. But I believe, if not mistaken, that Kyle Pitts is currently, like, leading the league in uncatchable targets. Which is, like... And the thing is, like, Drake London is in the top five, I believe, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a coincidence. Desmond Erder has been as bad as I told you he was going to be. He is. I didn't expect him to be as bad, to be honest. But, like, I can definitely see Sam Laporta finishing the year as the tight end one. I mean, I, would... I guess because of the age what? stuff. It's mostly because of the age stuff. Oh, actually, 
like keep trade cut as this one thing where basically you can toggle between uh, superflex and non-superflex. So the thing here that I found is that superflex rankings are usually more accurate because when you're in the website and they ask you about like players to, to rank and so on, it usually comes with superflex toggled on because that's the default. So those are ranked much more often. So in superflex, Sam Laporte is tied in two right now. Oh my god. Behind who? Kelsey. Behind Ke- Oh man. Yeah. He's in the same tier as Hawk and Andrews. But yeah, he's tied in two. And Pitts is tied in six. So he's even behind Kincaid here. Dalton Kincaid is ranked higher than Kyle Pitts? In Superflex, yeah. In the other one, it's not. It's, it's still behind. <sighs> yeah, so not great. I have Pitts in like our main league. It's not great. At some so point, many... I need to start like thinking about moving him. I mean, heck. You know, I, I thought about acquiring Drake London, and I don't mind buying the dip, but I'm not sure if I necessarily have the pieces you would want, especially for the value Kyle Pitts is going to net you right now. But Still, like, in keep trade cut, he's still worth around, like, Pickens, a mid-2025 first. Hey, he's worth around Pickens, huh? Yeah. He's worth around <laughs> Pickens, huh? Pickens, Pittman, Ramondre, Javante Williams... Uh, 2024 late one. Funny enough, I have... Well, now I have two things that you listed. Yeah, you have plenty of 2024 late picks, I guess. So, I do technically have the assets to acquire Kyle Pitts based on keep trade cuts evaluation. Yes, you do. The question is, would you send him over here? For a set evaluation. I don't know. I... Do you like have my... a tight end of consequence? I, I traded for Waller. Oh, okay. So, they, so yeah, there's your, there's your answer. And I still so have, why not? I still have hurts kicking you around. So then why not? Why don't you send him over here? Because I like this so much and I know that the talent is there. It's just like... It's the scheme. It's the QB. It's not very tight end friendly. I mean, dude is out there running like go routes. He's a decoy at this point. Like, Pretty much, yeah. What, what has he done to Arthur Smith's wife? I don't know, man. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing, and this is again why why is it so hard to maintain a like dominant dynasty team? I can wait for the Atlanta offense to get good. You know, you waiting for the Atlanta offense to get good could potentially cost you a chance at a championship in any given year. It won't cost me because I'm not in that running. I'm not even close. And if you look at it, like, basically currently I'm holding a stock that is going down. So it's like, how much can I take it until I, like, move on? Because for all intents and purposes, Kyle Pitts was a top five. Top three pick, I guess, in our draft. Picked him at 101. Okay, you know I also had 102, so. I'm but just, yeah, I'm he, just was, he was 102, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, he was 101. I'm legally binded to say that. <laughs> yeah, 
because the trade, I believe that's one condition in which, like, if I didn't pick Pitts at 101, I would have to give up some random thing. So. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would move him. I I would think about it because, like, Arthur Smith is pretty sad and, like... Send him over. I, I am the one team that probably would benefit from the timeline of Pitts. I'm I'm one of the few teams. You would. Yeah. You could you could argue sending him to Justin, but sending him to Justin could potentially hurt your chances at getting the one oh one. Sending him to me could help your chances potentially, depending on what happens. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna send him to Justin first the fun digs. <laughs> See see if anything happens. Those Those days days never started. (laughs) (laughs) Because he would never trade with me, so. No, (laughs) And I guess, like, to finalize, like, rookie talk, uh, I guess we can go to the, like, to the question that I was talking to you about that, like, sparked a few debates, which was, like, in your opinion, Devon H. H. on right now is a top what dynasty running back? And, uh, like, mm. conversely, Puka Nakui is a wide receiver what in dynasty? Because those are the two guys that have, like, exploited yeah. as rookies. So, let's be real. Production is good, especially for Puka Nakua, like, a wide receiver. Production is great. But... If you're telling me that I already like put the flyer on Puka Nakua, like I draft, I drafted him in like the fourth, fifth, or I picked him up on waivers, then yeah, I'm okay with that. If you're telling me I need to acquire Puka Nakua, I have no like confidence in that. That's the same, same stance that I have. Same with Devon Chain. They're in the same boat. That's the same stance that I have currently. Yeah. I've been, like, it's one of those guys in which, like, if I'm wrong, and he is, like, all of this, and it's not just a byproduct of not having Cup, then I'm okay being wrong. I'm okay missing out, and, like, I'm at peace with that. I think my equation is, like, a first-round pick. Like, if if I have Puka Nakua and someone offers me a first-round pick, I'm okay being wrong. Okay, yeah, that's that's exactly my stance. Because like the price of acquiring Puka right now, I believe it's like, it's it's actually like a first and a two. It's rising. Really? It, it's right now. Uh, like I I did want to see like, do you think they are top what players in their respective positions? Because then I'm gonna say like what keep trade got and what was the argument that happened in the league. So, Achan is a top what running back? He's not a running back one. He's not. So he's a outside of the top twelve. Two. Yeah, um, running back two because the bar to be a running back two is so low consistently. I could see like probably a low end running back two though because let's be real, he doesn't have the potential to be like an every down running back, and the reason his value would be perceived as so high is because a, the Miami Dolphins, just like I said, going into the season is historically good and it's continuing to show it's historically good when Tua is healthy. 
And so he's getting a lot of touchdowns, but he's not going to be getting 20, 30 touches a game, but he is going to get more opportunities in the red zone because the dolphins are in the red zone more than any team in the NFL probably right now. So I'd say running back too. So in the twenties, basically for you. Yeah, probably. And Puka. Not wide receiver one, not wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Okay, so in the thirties, basically, uh, low thirties, closer to forties. Yes. Okay, so on keep trick cuts, Pukenuku is currently wide receiver twelve. Well. And Devon Aishan is currently running back seven. What? <laughs> I did Jeff. I'd, I'd be pressing the eject button so fast. Okay, so the argument that happened was basically Corey. Corey has a chain in the, the 32 team league, and Corey has been a big a, I'm just going to say a chain, a chain fan since like college. So he has been yeah. pumping him up. Like, I believe he drafted in top seven in, in our draft. Mm-hmm. So his argument is that. A chain should be like there shouldn't be any running back that is named Bijan, McCaffrey, Brees, or JT ahead of Asian. Asian. So Chubb. like, no, no, I'm saying he's saying that like Bijan, McCaffrey, uh, Brees, and Jonathan Taylor are the only four guys that definitely should be ahead of Devon A chain. Nick Chubb. No, no. Just Nick, those no, four Nick, guys. Nick Chubb should should be ahead of Devon A. James. I mean, there's 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 quite a few guys that should be ahead of him, but he's yeah, saying like, that like these are the only four that four guys that definitely should be ahead of A. Chain. So this part, like a whole debate, because like everyone thinks like the guys commenting, they were mostly in agreement that A. Chain won't be able to to continue this it's basically like he's an outlier and like he's breaking like 50 yard runs like it's it's a regular thing i don't necessarily know if it's an outlier or just a product of miami's offense being like historic and you know i think like his his profile is contingent on miami being able to maintain that but go on his profile is probably an outlier overall uh, his production, yes. yeah, comes from Miami's offense. Yes, but yeah, he was basically saying that like the value hasn't caught up to what he like his current Running value back seven is. Seven isn't caught up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, to be fair, at the time it was running back eight or ten, I believe. But yeah, I mean his value went in on September uh, on twenty fourth of September. He was running back thirty six like a week and change after he's running back seven. So like my whole argument was like, how hasn't the Valley cut up? I mean, he has jumped like 26 spots in like a week. What are we doing here? <laughs> I think it's insane that the third round guy who is currently like in a running back by committee, who isn't getting like a ton of touches, uh, who has like Jeffrey Wilson coming back, who is a guy that Miami has showed that they really like. How is that a guy that you can like confidently say is a running back seven? And much less, how is that a guy that you can confidently say that is basically like a running back five? Ahead of guys like Walker, uh, Gibbs, Etienne, Saquon, Eckler, 
Jacobs. I mean, some of those guys are old, but still, damn. Like, and then like that old debate because we were like pushing against him quite a bit. So then like the question to him was, okay, so if you feel that way about A chain, how do you feel about Puka? Because like if you're rating A chain super high because he had like two games in which one of them was basically like a it's seventy point of, game. <laughs> he was in a game, game that resulted in seventy points being scored. Like everyone scored a touchdown there, so yeah, that's a really big like not only is his profile an outlier, but like one of his two games that he was good in is also like a massive outlier. And in the other one, he broke like a, he had like eight carries and he broke a fifty-yard run. He broke two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we asked him about Puka, and like then Denver comes in uh, and says that he would buy Puka at the current cost because the cost he of does... a wide receiver one. Yes, because he thinks that this is sustainable from Puka. <laughs> So, at that point, I feel like I'm arguing with two crazy people because, like, on September 24... Uh, no, on September, what, 10? He was wide receiver 67. And then he starts a slow climb, and then he's wide receiver 43 a week after. He's wide receiver 30 by, we, by like, September 18. And then, like, out of nowhere, October 3rd, he's wide receiver 12. He's currently ahead of Ayuk, Madcalf, Devontae Adams. Like, in general, he's ahead of Brisol. Would you trade Brisol for Pukunakua? Listen, if I had Pukunakua and someone offered me Brice, I'd, I'd, I'd smash accept in a heartbeat. I don't care what I'm in. Yeah. It's... I don't know, man. I feel like the rookie hype is... And I understand, like... At least Puka. I understand because we had a similar case a few few years ago. Like, was it last year? No, it was the, the year prior. With Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra wasn't the guy who was super super agile. Wasn't the guy who, like, exploded at the combine. And then, like, he started slow. But then he had the opportunities. Because Hawkinson went down and Swift went down. So then he was the one. The clear-cut one. And I didn't believe that Amon Ra would be able to sustain that. So I was pretty against like Amon Ra being that type of player. I've changed my my stance since. I mean, dude is pretty great. The difference between Amon Ra's situation and Puka's situation. One, Amon Ra, as hard as this is to believe, is way more athletic than Puka Nakula. First off. <laughs> Second off, Amon Ra's like production like where he is most ideal was in the slot he didn't have to have you know a wide receiver one go down to get his role available puka nakua did like they can you can give him his flowers but the second cooper cup is available to play puka nakua will be away from that slot yeah my my point is that it's basically like how can you say that Puka Nakua's like usage and like what he has done so far has been sustainable when you're looking at it and he has currently he has a what? Let me let me just check real quick. I mean he has a thirty-four point four percent target target rate, he has a thirty-two point five percent target share, he's he leads the league in targets. 
I mean, he's seventh in the league in routes run. How is that sustainable with a guy like Cup coming back? Like, isn't Cup like one of the best wide receivers in the league? Like, yep. what happened? I think we just want it to be true. Like, we invest, especially if you're in Dynasty, we invest so much time researching and, you know, figuring out who the best values are in a given draft that we have a lot more attachment to these players than maybe they actually are. Like, to, to ignore all of Puka's flaws and just be like, because, and I get it, like, there are unathletic wide receivers relative to the NFL who make it. But to ignore everything that had to happen for us to get to this point and just to assume that, oh no, Cooper Cup's out there, but he's, but Puka Nakua is going to get 13 targets a game still. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure, buddy. Sure. And one of the, the arguments that I've seen is that, like, Cooper Cup is old and so on. I mean, I don't really think that matters, though. I mean, he was still one even of the better it, wide receivers. Even if it matters, I guarantee you 32-year-old Cooper Cup is more athletic than 21-year-old Puka Nakua right now. Oh, Ren- like, what are we talking about? Ren a 4-6-2. And had a burst score in the 26th percentile. What are we talking isn't, about? Isn't that athletic enough for you? I, I do, like... At some point, like, I understand that not every single great wide receiver has to be super athletic. So, like, when you prove that you can play, it doesn't really matter what you did at the combine. And I've said this to you, like, a few times so far. Yeah, no, 100%. But, like, saying that he's going to sustain this level of production, because the thing is, when you're a dynasty owner, and you have these players that were drafted super high. For example, me with Calpitz. Calpitz has yep. done nothing since his rookie year. Nope. But I still I still hold him. I still I mean, we've seen the like the the evaluations on him. He's a worth about a first. And that's like with two years Late of doing first. nothing. He's Late flirting first. with being a second round value. Okay, but like my point is a tight end that has done nothing for two years is still worth a late first. Because he was a player that was drafted super high and that people really liked. Yep. Like Puka, right now, you're talking about a guy who went undrafted in some drafts, who was a late fourth round pick in most of them, I guess. Has no investment from the LA Rams. Exactly. And that has no investment from, like, the dynasty owners. I mean, it's a great ride right now. He He has had four great weeks. But, like, if he starts to blink as soon as Cup is back... I mean, his his value is going to, like, bottom out really quick. I'm just going to say this. If you have Puka Nakua and someone offers you even close to the evaluation of a wide receiver one and you don't accept that deal, you're doing a disservice to yourself. Like, you, you, like, have drunk the Kool-Aid. You... I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say other than, like, you're, you're insane. You're, you're insane... Like, if Puka proves everyone wrong, and he is, like, a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, great. Great for him. Keep flowers, all that. But the likelihood that happens is so low that you're doing yourself a disservice by not accepting that deal. If if you want to say... I'm okay saying if, if Puka Nakua is wide receiver one talent consistently... 
I was wrong that the, that one of the least athletic wide receivers I've ever seen test in a combine is one of the best. Like, I'm willing to be wrong on that. I'm sorry. That's, I'm willing to be wrong. And, and even if I'm wrong, you gave me the evaluation of a wide receiver one. So you really didn't even give me that much less than what he's probably worth. Yeah, because, like, you look at a guy I, like Amon Ra, for example. Right now he's worth, what, two firsts and, like, some sprinkles in. Yeah. So if you're getting like a first and a second, for example, for Puka, and there's some guys who won't even sell for that. They no. want two firsts. I mean, yeah. if you're getting that, then it's like, how much better will it get? Probably not much. And like, the second thing starts to go sour, people will remember he's like a fifth round pick in like the NFL draft. And he was yeah. like a fourth round pick in like, at least Tamon Ra was like a second in most of our drafts. Puka was a fourth, like undrafted type of guy. So the moment it starts to go sour, people will will go back to that, and the evaluation yep. goes completely kaboo. So, yep. No, we're we're viewing this with rose tinted glasses right now. So it is. This I is, agree. This this is one of those situations where you need to take advantage of your league mates, especially who have drunk the Kool Aid and believe that this man is capable of sustaining wide receiver one numbers. Yes, I agree. Okay. I guess. We can jump into, like, not necessarily, like, outside of the rookies, but, like, more what happened in the week that it has to do with one rookie in specific. But how about those wheels up for Quinton Jefferson? Quinton, <laughs> I, I can't even speak right now. The Chargers guy. And Johnston, man. Johnston, yes. Johnston. He's not Johnston, yes. it's Johnston. Johnston. Yes. Yes. How many? How many? uh, How did he do it? I didn't see the game. Can you just read me like a stat line? Do you have it there? I actually have him in the redraft league, so maybe I can uh, just go to how I did last week. I I did see how he did. uh, Just when I just wanted you to tell me. Okay. 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 Hold on. Gotta go. Gotta go to this league. Gotta go. Gotta go. Any given Sunday. Okay. Go. Go to. Go to matchup. Go to last week. Mm-hmm. Week four. Mm-hmm. Oh God! One reception on three targets for eighteen. <laughs> yeah, how about those wheels up? <laughs> so, so I guess that begs the question: Who got the targets? Uh, the guy who should have the targets, Joshua Palmer, oh, had eight targets. Yeah. All right. He didn't do much with him. He had like three catches. <laughs> but yeah. So you're telling me then we still got it. Well, there's still a chance. Then. Oh. There's a chance. There's a chance, of course. Of there's course. Uh, except for the fact that Keenan Allen had five targets. So I would. I don't expect that to continue. Like, I don't expect the guy who got like 39, uh, four, no, 39 targets in the first three weeks to continue getting like five. So I would think that he probably goes up. And Palmer might go down a bit. But at that point, how many targets are even there to to go around? I don't know, man. There were some guys who were trying to hype up Quinton Johnston as the next big thing. He is big. It's probably not a big thing. As I said, wheels down, wheels down for Quinton Johnson. Like, what are we doing? Like, 
He's not great. He's not that good of a wide receiver. Just stop it. Yeah, I, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, investing in Quentin that. Johnston is like... I'm ready for that Quentin Johnston breakout game. Oh, sure. In the XFL? In the XFL. It's like that, that, that Adam Silver meme. Get ready, get ready to learn Chinese. <laughs> this case is get ready to play for the XFL, buddy. No, I'm being too rough. Like the guy isn't like going to the XFL. Because like, if Justin Fields hasn't gone to the XFL, he probably has a few years left. Oh, Johnston. Oh, <laughs> it's shots fired right now. Do you have any any fantasy highlight highlights you wanna you wanna bring up? I have gotten and acquired James Cook in a lot more leagues than I probably should have, and it's actually worked out better than I thought it would. Yes, it is. He's pretty good. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd say pretty good, but he's had because like like his last game, twelve carries for twenty one nine yards, but. He got carried by a touchdown and a forty-eight yard reception. His usage, his usage is is weird because like first, like to start, he wasn't involved in like the the red zone stuff, like anything inside of the five or inside of the ten. He wasn't really involved, but he was involved in the passing game. But now this past week, he was involved in the 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 carries inside the ten and the five, but he wasn't as involved in the passing game. So there's probably some balance there that needs to happen. I do think he's like he's a solid running back too right now. Like I'm okay with him. I haven't even looked to trade him or anything. But yeah, like his usage this, this past week wasn't the greatest. And his production basically came on like the touchdown and a forty eight yards reception, so But I, I still like him. Derrick Henry is back still. Like, then you have the whole David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs combo there that people are starting to freak David, out about. David Montgomery just absolutely demolished the opportunity he was given. He did. Three touchdown game in my bench in the 16-team league, by the way. Just casually oh, dropping no. like 40. <laughs> rough when that happens i didn't really need him this week but yeah sort of rough might come in handy for the like tiebreakers and so on but yeah i mean should we panic about gibbs because i don't think we should about gibbs yeah Mm. so So here's like the thing. The Lions are really good. That's that's let's let's not ignore the fact that the Lions were on both of our top ten lists. Yes. So Jameer Gibbs, the way especially if they're gonna use him like Swift, Jameer Gibbs is better suited to get production when the Lions are in shootouts or losing 
big in games. And that just hasn't happened this year. I I agree, but I would also say that like I think I think as the weeks goes on, I don't think you will lose Usurp David Montgomery, but I do think you will get more looks and you will get more playing because would people are comparing him this. In Dynasty. Has he dropped in keep trade cut? I think he's still doing the same. I think is running back three right now. Up like one spot, but he's still running back three ahead of Kenneth Falker. What is going on? Yeah, it's the thing that we said. I mean, very rough start of the year. Of the year, no one really expected them to be like this uninvolved. But yet, he hasn't dropped because he is one one asset that people really liked, and people are like, okay, still holding him. I mean, he has dropped a bit, like in terms of value. He was in the 6,400, and now he's closer to 5,500. So, so he is dropping. Um, so he is dropping in value, but he isn't dropping in like overall ranking of the position. Right. So breaking news that happened while... Um, in fact, let's get them both because they're both running backs I like. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor is listed as full participant at today's practice, his first practice in months. Will the will Jonathan Taylor be suiting up in the Colts next game? I mean, the latest that I heard, he was still looking for a trade. Yes, and they were looking for around the second in value right now, so no longer like the crazy package. Yes, but for him to be back in practice and so on, I mean, I think he at That's... least will give it a chance for a few weeks. That I must maybe say... show teams there is healthy. Exactly. Well, not only that. He apparently had an ankle injury to start the season. Apparently, he is completely healed from that. So, it was from last year, I believe. I think, yeah, I think there's this weird thing that, like, sitting out the first four weeks may actually help him as far as like his overall health and how he looks because he doesn't have to go into the season whatever it was seventy five percent, eighty percent, ninety percent. He gets to come in at a hundred percent. And speaking of coming in at 100%, the second one was Brees Hall. There, He's off the touch limits. Are you ready? The training wheels are off. Are you ready for the Brees Hall explosion? I mean, I would like to see it happen. Do I think it will happen? I mean, if Zach Wilson keeps looking as good as he did last week, then yeah, sure. I think it will happen. Imagine if Zach Wilson, like, I'm not saying he has to be, like, elite or great, but imagine Zach Wilson is a threat and they can't continually stack the boxes against Brees Hall. That's scary. That's really scary proposition. Especially if they, like, they stop giving the ball to Dalvin Cook, which, like, it's infuriating to me. And I understand, like, what, managing the touches and so on. When he comes in? Like, whenever he's in the backfield and he's about to take a carry, my first reaction is, why? Why are you giving the ball to that guy? I mean, he's clearly dusted. He's not good, so stop giving him the ball. But yeah, they just keep on trotting him out there. But yeah, it doesn't look good at all. So I wouldn't even be shocked if we if we don't see a lot of Dalvin Cook moving forward. More of a guy that gets in to spell them, to spell uh, Breeze. Like Michael Carter. Yeah. Damn, Michael Carter looks better than Dalvin Cook, so... He looked better in the spurts that I saw him, yeah. Honestly, the the Jets' offense looked the best when Brees was out there, when when I've seen him. 
It did. I agree. I think they will just like use Dalvin to get the short yardage stuff because that's what he's currently good at right now. Yeah. He's just like a guy that goes in, he's strong, he just moves forward and falls forward. Interesting news, and now maybe the 101 is truly in risk in our, our Dynasty League. That would suck. But, I mean... I believe... Let me check. There's still, the, there's the still a pretty so big gap between me and the second place team, though. He got, he got like... The gap, the gap got bigger. Yes. This week, because I believe you, you scored, like... Like... Justin actually had a chance to make something this week. I believe he was projected to win uh, for like a good part of like Sunday, and even towards like Monday. I believe before the game started, he was projected to win. But then, like, who did he have? This guy had someone playing in that game. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Or maybe I'm just making a mistake. No, it was it was on Sunday. Uh, like, uh, yeah, no, I see. It was on Sunday by late Sunday. Uh, Justin was projected to win after the the early games ended. Uh, but then Josh Jacobs went off. So yeah, he lost because of that. Crazy. But he did score around ninety, and you were in the seventies. So the gap increased by like twenties, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So it's currently in the the seventies to one hundreds, I believe. Um, yeah, if he, if he keeps performing, I don't know. Maybe there's a chance here. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, Brees Hall. Mm, can't wait for it. Wheels up. Wheels, exactly, wheels up. That one, I'll say wheels up. You'll never catch me saying that to, to Quinn Johnston. <laughs> to Quinn Johnston. <laughs> okay, so what else do we have to talk about? Do we have anything else to talk about? That's the question. Uh, it, unless you want to talk about just general fantasy stuff. Or... I know this week is a rough week for you. Is it better just to leave that here and we will get more deeper into stuff next week? Yeah, I guess yeah, because pretty rough week because very tight schedule these past few days. So I've managed to fit in like an hour and, and change. So yeah, I think I'm fine where it's at. There was like one, two things more that I want to talk about, but it are not like super crucial. So I think we can just leave it. As is. Okay. And then next week we can probably like okay. do a deeper dive here. Accept that trade before we go into the outro. Did you send me a trade? <laughs> Which pick is that? Is that like Luke's? That's Alex Miller's pick. Oh, sorry. That's going to be like 116, 115. <laughs> I am going to... Counter it? Leave it be for now. <laughs> Leave it be? <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing that you did about Chase. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stay there. It's going to sit there for me with a few, like for a few days. <laughs> then we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely getting to a point in which I 
probably have to sell him sometime soon. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. We shall see. Maybe maybe next episode we have a maybe development. Maybe next here. episode we I could be coming on here with a fancy shiny new cow pits. No? You might. You might. And it has the added benefit of you likely winning the Marvin Harrison. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So disappointing. After having a thousand yard season as a rookie. So disappointing. I'm just saying, you know. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm just saying. All right, then. Are we done? We are done. If you've gotten this far, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, there is actually a few few new things that might be coming down the pipeline, but we're going to wait for that. Um, the next episode, I think, is going to be more interesting because now I get a full week to think about like if I want to do a particular segment with the lower end, like the lower time with doing power rankings. And... Yeah, if you liked what you heard, there's a nice fancy donate button and follow us on all socials and I'm ready. Don't forget don't forget to, to rate us five stars on podcasts on Spotify and don't forget to subscribe, turn notifications on, leave us a comment in YouTube. And yeah, we always appreciate those. Alright. Peace out everyone. Bye.